Well, welcome everyone to this, the third Sunday of our virtual worship at Rockway and Palm Sunday. How are you all doing today? How are your spirits? I must say this past week uh, has been up and down for me. Uh, particularly on Monday, I was feeling restless and out of sorts. Uh, my usual practice on Monday is to play hockey. I drive out to the rink in Tavistock with a couple of pastoral colleagues. And I find the physical exercise, the camaraderie, the socializing very refreshing. And so I was really missing that. And in an attempt to get some exercise, Mary and I decided to go up to our local tennis court to play tennis. We'd been there about a week ago. Uh, this time we got there and there was a bicycle lock around the gate and a sign saying, court closed until further notice. And I know this is the case for all public tennis courts and recreational facilities. And I understand the reason, and it's a very good reason. It's just a bit stressful because um, sports is one way I relieve my stress. And in a stressful time, when that's taken away, it's stressful. Uh, at the same time, I realize my stress really pales in comparison to what some other people are going through. And I think of those in our city confined to small apartments, um, worried about income. I think of families in situations of tension and conflict when there's not healthy communication and it makes me sad to think about it. Well, as I mentioned last week in the homily, I find the Bible to come more alive and to be more relevant in situations of difficulty. Wow, I noticed the psalm uh, for this morning, maybe you did too, how it has this eerie resonance with what we're living today. I'm a horror to my neighbors, the psalmist says, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I've passed out of mind like one who is dead. Wow, the Bible is full of passages, stories of stress and suffering. That's why it's so relevant at a time such as this. In a way, uh, when you think about it, the Bible is really all about suffering and how to live with it and through it. In fact, the Bible came to be because of suffering. If there weren't suffering, there wouldn't be a Bible. It all really started at the time of slavery in Egypt, a time um, of oppression for the Hebrew people. It was then that they went deep into themselves when they sought solace in recalling their stories of origin, when they gathered these stories, when they retold them, when they started to write them down, stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So it's also the time of their first great prophet, Moses. Um, well, scholars tell us that the next major wave of creativity and writing and editing of the Bible came with the exile in Babylon. It was this great dislocation and suffering that caused the people again to regroup, 
to center down and to remember their story and to revise their story and to add to it. This was the time of the great prophets. Ezekiel, who we heard last week, the Valley of the Dry Bones. Uh, Jeremiah, Isaiah. And this time of exile was a time of, of great longing for a Messiah. And it's interesting to recall how Isaiah pictured this Messiah. He pictured him as a servant and as a suffering servant. Well, the time of, of the creation of the Bible continued, and the next uh, phase was, of course, the time of the New Testament. This was a time of Roman occupation, another time of oppression. And here it was that Jesus was born, the second great prophet, a prophet in the line of Moses, um, also lived through great difficulty. We know his family had to flee as refugees when he was an infant. We know he experienced great opposition in his ministry. And here today on Palm Sunday, we see him riding into the holy city and he's weeping. If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. And as he's going into the city, the religious Pharisees um, call out to him and tell, his, tell him to, to quiet down his disciples. And he says to them, if these friends are silent, even these stones would cry out. And it just strikes me. We have the words for another spiritual. Last week it was dem bones. This week what came to mind was dem stones. Dem stone, dem stones. Dem hard truth-telling stones. Oh, hear the word of the Lord. Then we have Paul, the beloved apostle, who tells the world about Jesus. So Paul's another writer, another Bible writer. And what's, what's his context? What's his life like? Well, he writes many of his letters from prison. When you stop to think about it, you really realize that the Bible is a text that was forged in the furnace of human suffering. And now it seems that our whole world has been plunged for a time into great suffering, collective suffering. You know, it's not that often when all the nations of the world, when all people feel it together. It's really an experience of biblical proportions. We in the West, in North America and Europe, especially those of us born after the Second World War, have never really experienced great suffering. It's a new and a strange thing for us. And we're not quite sure what to do with it. It makes us profoundly anxious and uncomfortable. We've grown up being accustomed to be in control of our lives. We're so used to doing what we want to do when we want to do it. So this time 
is a time of great disorientation. It's a time of great test for us. How will we live in this time? What will we do with this suffering and stress we feel? Will we try to wall it off? Will we try to bury ourselves in distractions? Or will we let it touch us? Will we stay with it? Will we let it in? Will we let it teach us something? Well, as people of faith, we're walking into Holy Week this week. And the invitation is to have the courage to stay close to our friend Jesus, who is walking into his own suffering. And he's not running for it, running from it. And he's facing it. He's going to stay with it. So let us stay close to him. For he is the one who will go through it and who will ultimately transform it. I look forward to being with you in a few minutes for our communion service at 11. I will see you there.